Hi, Laura. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome, everyone, to the Millennial Mystics. Today, we have an exciting episode for you. We are doing a June forecast. Yay! It's a busy month. It's a very busy month. Lots to cover. But before we dive in, Laura, why don't you tell us a little bit about the work that you do? Thank you, Stephanie. My name is Laura Chung, and I am based in New York, where I was born and raised. I am a author. This is my book back here, How to Manifest. I host a podcast, Awaken and Align. It's all about spirituality and collective liberation. I am an activist, healer, and astrologer. Love it. What about you? I am Stephanie Campos, and I am an astrologer, psychic medium, and witch, and I also host a podcast, Daily Horoscope for Your Zodiac Sign, and I'm also an author of Seasons of the Zodiac, Love, Magic, and Manifestation Throughout the Astrological Year. So we're both multifaceted, interdimensional beings. Yes, I am a Sagittarius rising, so I never really resonated with having a niche, as you can tell. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. A mutable queen. And speaking of mutable, we are in the midst of a mutable season. Gemini season has sprung. Yes. Super fun times. Time to get out there and socialize. Shall we start with June? Absolutely. Well, overall, mm -hmm. like if you could put a theme to June, what like stands out to you? Oh man, it's such a big month. Um, I have to think about that. It seems like we have prepared. We have uh, big months every month. (laughs) Yeah, but this one, there's like an aspect after aspect after aspect. Um, I would say, yeah, that 2023's astrology has been major because of some of these ingresses that have taken place are once in a lifetime or the first time in over, you know, a decade. Um, June's astrology doesn't have any of those major ingresses, but there's some Uranus action, which is also, you know, always brings surprises and breakthroughs. Um, we're going to be getting previews of our Venus retrograde story once Venus enters Leo. So that is, we're going to get some more retrograde energy, even though we've, you know, moved past Mercury retrograde, Saturn is going to, so there's that reflective tone to June as well. Um, And it feels like a turning point maybe Mm -hmm. because so many planets um, of the outer planets are starting to shift and go retrograde. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. So I have a visual. I'm Mercury and Pisces over here. I don't know if you have this where you live, but we have dandelions. And during this time of year, and we're recording this on May 24th, 2023, the dandelions become these like puff balls of white. And then the and then every time the wind blows, the seeds blow. And I don't know if you've ever made a wish on one of those plants. Oh, yeah. And this is the time when those seeds start spreading. And it really reminds me of the mutable nature of Gemini, which is a mutable air sign. It's like we planted the seeds in Taurus season, and then now we're out scattering our 
information and gathering information. Oh, that is beautiful. Don't listen to what I said. That is very beautiful. No, but I do I do believe it's a turning point though, because again, it's mutable. So I think we're going to be asked to take a little bit of action and to back our words with action this month because there's mm. so many squares. Yes, yes. So the month starts off pretty cute. So June 2nd, we have Venus and Cancer forming a trine with Neptune and Pisces. And in general, I would say this is a day to take advantage of for spell work, rituals, um, planning dates, initiating something, having like being met with understanding, grace, and compassion. It's a great day to deepen bonds. Um, but yeah, I really love this aspect. It's very romantic, romantic, mm-hmm. <laughs> and creative energy, spiritual energy. Um, I'm not gonna lie; I'll probably get stoned that day. <laughs> Usually, I get a lot of downloads when Venus and Neptune connect with one another in a sweet little way like that. Especially in the water signs, you know, yes. like take a bath, like downloads, do a meditation in the bath or in the shower. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's a good way to kind of kick up and activate that energy. And if you have access to the ocean, I would mm-hmm. say like go into the ocean because you can get serious downloads because Venus was born in the ocean from mm. her father's <laughs> testicles yes. through sea foam. And Neptune was the god of the ocean. Oh my gosh, you're so right. Yeah. So something could be born you know, with just like being in a salt, salty bath or salty water. Yeah, absolutely. But in general, we're starting the month off with some ease, with some harmony, maybe some sweet news arrives, or we're connecting with loved ones and deepening bonds in some way. And quickly after that, on June 3rd, we have a full moon in Sagittarius. We sure do. How do you feel about this moon? I'm really excited about this moon because the ruler of this moon is conjunct the North Node. And the North Node has this feeling of increasing and expansion. And Jupiter is the planet of expansion and beliefs in your faith. And so there's something about this full moon where I feel like we're going to believe again and have faith again and maybe learn something new or go on an adventure And it just feels really optimistic. I mean, I'm a little biased. I'm a Sagittarius rising, so it's happening on my ascendant. Mm -hmm. But there's something about like the Venus contact, right? And with Neptune having this like dreamy quality. And then right after having this full moon in Sag with Jupiter and Taurus conjunct the North Node, it just feels very expansive. Mm -hmm. What do you think? think I think something important to note is that this moon will be separating from the malefics. So in astrology, malefics are Mars and Saturn. Um, Those are known as the two more like challenging or difficult planets. And it will be forming a trine with Mars and Leo, which is, you know, an okay aspect if you have to, you know, brush up against a malefic. And it will be forming a square with Saturn and Pisces, but it's moving away from the square. So it's not like um, whatever transpires after the moment of the full moon is malefic free, which I think is really exciting. And 
like you mentioned, the ruler of the moon is Jupiter and Taurus, and that will be conjoined with the North node of destiny. So there is that feeling of abundance and increase and, um, especially in like Venusian matters. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's a cute moon. I think if I had to like break it up into three parts, I would say leading up to the full moon is like a dark moment of the soul. We are, you know, contending with the more challenging energies of Saturn and Mars. And then there's our full moon moment, like something is illuminated and um, maybe we're witnessing a piece of joy or optimism because it is that fire sign, that Sagittarius moon. Um, And then it's void, of course. So it's, it takes place at 13 degrees. So if you have any placements between nine to, I don't know, 17 degrees of any of the mutable signs, which would be Pisces, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Gemini, um, you'll feel this energy the most intensely. But after the full moon perfects, the moon's just kind of like wandering through the sky. So I think it's a great day to just relax and not overdo it. Um, even though there might be a tendency to want to do that with that Jupiter conjunct North node. I was going to say this day just seems like debauchery, <laughs> like, <laughs> cause it's Gemini season. Mm-hmm. Right. And then Sag moons tend to have this quality of like never being satiated and then the North Node with Jupiter, it's like, let me go on an eating fest with friends and like have this like wild night all night. Hedonistic, overindulgent. Yes. Yeah. All, that's all on the menu. So <laughs> definitely something to just be mindful of. You know, if you have important plans the next day, this this is definitely like, oh, I'll just have another drink. And then you wake up with a wild migraine or something. So Yes. And the moon um, will be forming a a square with Neptune. Mm -hmm. So Neptune is also this planet of, you know, escapism, also creativity, but it can kind of also kick up our overindulgences too. Mm -hmm. But I do actually like the, uh, again, I'm super optimistic, Jupiter conjunct North node, um, because it does feel like our... Taurus house has been really activated the last couple of years, right? Year and a half. And then recently we had that stellium in Taurus with the new moon in Taurus. And then now Jupiter is going to be there with the North node. So obviously Taurus is ruled by Venus. So the more you can lean into Venusian activities, the more I believe you can really integrate this energy. Oh, I love that. That's that's a great way to work with this moon. Which is interesting because right after, which we'll get to, it Venus moves into Leo, which is such a different energy than it was in Cancer. Mm-hmm. Venus in Cancer is like, let's like join hands and like make love and eat snacks and cuddle. Yes. <laughs> Cozy socks for anyone watching yeah. the um, video version of this. Yeah. Venus in Cancer. I can't take these socks off. Um <laughs> And okay, so we've got this big full moon moment. And then the next day on June 4th, Mercury and Taurus forms a conjunction with Uranus and Taurus. So full moons are always dramatic in some some sort, right? Like there's revelations that take place, 
But Mercury conjunct Uranus is like the definition of a life-changing revelation or, you know, some sort of big disruption. Interesting that they're back-to-back. Yes. What Do you have any predictions of what could manifest during this conjunction? The unexpected. Um, You know, I would say maybe some financial news or disruption in the markets, for sure. Um, That would make sense with both of these signs being in Taurus and Taurus is associated with our finances and, you know, monetary possessions and such. Um, I think in our personal lives, it's out of the blue communication, um, shocking or sudden invitations or opportunities, um, but also shocking and sudden confrontations or um, an emotional release. Uh, I've noticed recently that, When the moon forms a conjunction with Uranus, uh, sometimes I'll just like break out in like a big cry Mm -hmm. and I feel totally fine, like leading up to it. And then it's just like all of my feelings explode. So Uranus is, you know, a big, um, it can create these big shakeups in our comfort and our security and our foundations. And that's what Taurus is all about. Yeah. I think some kind of shocking news is going to come out like in the news about either banking or, well, right now we have a fixed grand cross in the sky with all the um, fixed signs. But I, I do find it interesting that there is negotiations with our debt ceiling right now. And Taurus rules the bull, which the bull represents Wall Street. And we have Jupiter there right now. So I do think that's interesting that those talks are happening during this grand fixed cross. I'm wondering if at this point, since it'll be out of the retrograde degrees, that something will be decided or some news or some bank collapse or something with money for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think to your point, um, bringing up Mercury retrograde, Mercury stationed retrograde at 15 degrees of Taurus and Uranus was at 17 degrees. So it was just shy of making that conjunction. Like they tried really hard to get together. And for whatever reason, Mercury had to turn around and get out of there. So it's like some kind of big breakthrough or revelation or innovative idea almost took place. We almost committed to it or took a risk, but we decided, no, 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 now it's not the time. And we, we couldn't commit. So this is finally like we're having that the perfection of that aspect. So whatever was going on in your life when Mercury stationed retrograde at 15 degrees, there's kind of that thread gets picked up once again and something is coming of it, right? Like you're actually taking the risk. You're actually having a conversation around that topic. Um, And at the same time, this reactivates the lunar eclipse that took place on November 8th of last year, because that was also at 15 degrees. And this conjunction will be taking place at 20 degrees, which is close enough in Mm -hmm. my orb. And that was the election. Yes, right. (laughs) So, yeah. And something that was maybe building under the surface is coming up for you to see it, mm -hmm. which depending on how you like surprises can be a good or bad thing. 
Yeah, I think I I try to tell people with Uranus because it's so easy to like fear monger and be like, it's the tower moment. Everything is crashing down. But Mm -hmm. it's like, (laughs) you don't know. Usually Uranus, I I find, gives something great and then something difficult. You just, you know, it's the duality. Yes. I have Uranus pretty close to my ascendant. And I like to see Uranus as the planet of freedom. It's breaking mm-hmm. you free of something. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what, whether you have a regulated nervous system or not, I think that's why we do these weather reports is to help mm-hmm. you prepare because the surprise can be a yay surprise <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or it could be a damn it. I'm not prepared. And that could be the tower moment that you weren't expecting. And it totally depends on your birth chart, right? Like, and the other placements you have as to like how this is going to unfold for you. So just pay attention to your Taurus house, your Scorpio house, even your Leo and Aquarius house. Which planets do you have there? What, um, what will be activated in your chart under this conjunction? Can I say something as a prediction and I'm (laughs) projecting too? Like I'm projecting and manifesting. I believe if it's not this aspect, it's going to be some, something similar along the line where they're going to say that the student debt is going to be forgiven so that we would reelect president Joe Biden, because this is happening in the U S Sibley sixth house chart, which Mm is um, the house of like, you know, it could be the house of debt and the house of service. And Joe Biden is also a Sagittarius rising. And I'm just projecting it out there that he says that in order to get reelected for Mm -hmm. 2024. Mm. Well, I think with Mercury, Mercury is a general signifier of students Mm -hmm. and learning. That's true. That's true. That's true. Interesting. Okay. Well, We'll be we'll be checking back up on this. We'll be following up. Um, yeah. So to your point about like regulating your nervous system and why we do these astro reports to help you prepare, like June 4th is a day to not overbook your schedule. June 4th is a day to say no to extra requests. June 4th is an important day to just pad in that extra flexibility and self-care if you are able and privileged enough to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, June 5th, Venus enters Leo. Woo. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited and I'm also a little nervous. Normally, really? yeah, normally I love Venus and Leo enters my fifth ha- or my first house. Um but this will be interesting because it is immediately going to trace over the grand cross slash T-square that we have going on in the sky right now between Pluto and Aquarius. Jupiter in Taurus and the North node in Taurus and the South node in Scorpio. So Venus is entering into some dramatic and troubled waters. And I think Venus and Leo loves the drama, loves a little drama, but also wants to have a good time and wants everyone to feel good. And, um, right quickly, the aspects that Venus is going to make are pretty intense. So it's going to um, it's going to be a loud entrance for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So at the time of this recording, we're experiencing this phenomenon with Mars, which I have to say, I feel like Mars is a lot more dramatic than Venus. At least Venus is a benefic, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know what a grand cross means, it's when you have four squares and two oppositions in the sky. And, or if you want to look the, look at this as a T square because you don't include the nodes, then it's an opposition with two squares. Either way, it's like everybody, everybody in the sky wants to do its own thing and nobody wants to cooperate. So in this case, you have Venus and Leo opposing Pluto and Aquarius. Venus and Leo is like, I want to have fun and do my own thing for myself. But then Pluto and Aquarius is like, but you have to do what's good for the good of all involved. And Venus and Leo is like, no. Yes. <laughs> and, and then Ju Jupiter and Taurus is like, I want to like um, expand my own abundance and my own garden. But then Venus and Leo is like, no, but I want to fight for what's mine. You know, it's all conflicting. And then the Scorpio South Node is like, detach from... <laughs> detached from like um the the human experience the hum experience mm -hmm. and venus is a planet of harmony ease social grace justice you know like venus venus likes to have good times so to be entering into this like four-way battle is not the vibe that venus ideally would prefer um and on June 5th, Venus will form an opposition with Pluto and Aquarius. And that's almost immediate, right? So anyone who has Taurus, Leo, Aquarius, or Scorpio placements between zero and five degrees is going to feel this intensity the strongest. Their charts will be the most activated. And it will almost teleport us back to May 20th and May 24th when Mars was opposite Leo. And then today the moon is conjunct Mars opposite Pluto and Aquarius. So anytime the moon traces over some of these other like major aspects, it makes it more personal because it's the closest celestial body to earth. So it brings that energy and amplifies it even more intensely. So even though a lot of astrologers were saying like May 20th, Mars opposite Pluto, I had on my calendar, I was like, mm, May 24th is going to be the day where we're really feeling that energy. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. And also, Venus and Leo will be there until October. Yeah, yeah. so it's a long, long time for Venus in a, in a sign because usually Venus will kind of go fast. So, and then Venus will start making squares to Uranus again. Yes. Yes. And Yay. to your point, Venus, um, this is a preview of our Venus retrograde story. So the second Venus enters Leo on the fifth, um, we're going to start to pick up themes, storylines, conversations that are related to our personal Venus uh, retrograde story. So just take note. If you do journal, that's a great day to, to journal. Um, and also like it's a great day to take a bunch of pictures and see like, what were you up to? Like, who were you with? Like take screenshots, what emails came through? Um, because this is going to be a longer journey, like Laura said. Yeah. 
Not that this was a retrograde, but Venus was in Leo on June 27th through July 21st of 2021. And Mars was also there in Leo Mm -hmm. June 11th to July 29th, 2021. So the summer of 2021. And just think back like what happened during that time because – they weren't they were kind of chasing each other kind of like what's happening this summer which i find very interesting because that was when i got my book deal my ninth house mm. so not saying that it's going to be exactly the same because this time around like stephanie was saying there's going to be an opposition of pluto and squares which is a little bit more dicey but i feel like you can definitely see the same themes coming around yeah that's a good call out And I think just for anyone who isn't super aware of Venus-Pluto combinations, like how would you, what are some buzzwords you associate with Venus opposite Pluto? Power dynamics, sexual obsession, Mm. having like a crush that you're just obsessed with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like stalking them. Yes. It's the, a little bit of the sleuth, the detective comes yes. in too. So it's very yeah. much like stalking people on the internet. Um, <laughs> and Venus is matters of the heart. So mm-hmm. definitely power dynamics and relationships control mm-hmm. the need to surrender or let you know someone go um, if you are on Rocky Foundation or there is, you know, Pluto is the planet of transformation. So there is the opportunity to... Um, you know, really shift those dynamics and have a cathartic experience and heart to heart, vulnerable, raw conversation. Um, But you have to be willing to go there and you have to be able to kind of confront your fears together. And both parties are going to have to be able to engage with that type of honesty. It's giving fatal attraction. Yes, (laughs) it is. Which can be also a, a sexy transit. If you, like you were mentioning, like know how to work with this energy. Yeah. Yeah. So basically any like unspoken frustrations, power dynamics that you've been kind of like brushing under the rug and all of your important partnerships can bubble up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what you can look out for. Yes. And also Venus will be squaring Jupiter uh, and I think that is also like <laughs> having really sex, a lot of sexy time. I don't know. Cause I, yeah. the, Taurus to me is like the body and sensuality and Venus in a fire sign. Wow. Like, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, and indulgent, right? So I'm a Leo, my husband's a Taurus, and we are the most indulgent fuckers around when we get together. <laughs> like we're like, let's order pie. Let's order. Ice cream, <laughs> let's order a pizookie, like really going above and beyond. So when you get Leo and Taurus together, they're very much like, it's easy for them to encourage the, Oh yeah. That, yeah. That may be like a thousand dollar sweatshirt, but it looks so good on you. Get it. You know, <laughs> like, that is so accurate. Yeah. Um, you don't have to answer this if this is too personal, but what I felt energetically with this grand cross right now is this question of, am I stuck or am I holding on? And mm-hmm. so I think with like fixed sign placements, there is this 
shadow aspect of it where you feel stuck or stagnant and you can't move or you can't change. Mm-hmm. But then also the higher octave of that is holding on and not giving up. So like how how do you know the difference? And like when do you know when to let go? When I'm thinking about it too much, and I did share with you before the recording that I've recently gotten back into cord cutting, like once, literally once Mars entered Leo and, and it, I was like, I need to let go of some shit. Like I am, I'm clinging, you know, and that's not healthy. Um, so I think it just depends how much I find myself fixating on Mm -hmm. whatever the, the topic may be. Um, but I think that's a really good call out of, this is a period to reflect on your relationship and where you are with, um, are you just determined? Is your energy determined and you're courageously pushing forward towards something? Cause I do believe that exists right now too, or has it turned a little darker and there's this like, um, compulsion and obsession with an impatience really. Yes. I, I natally in my chart struggle with impatience. I just got an astrology reading um, from Sam Reynolds, my teacher. And he was like talking about that. He was like, I imagine you're pretty impatient. Like ding, ding, ding. Um, So, so yeah, that has been my, I've been reflecting a lot on my relationships with being impatient and, you know, trying to just come back into the present moment. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I've really been reflecting on the fixed houses, my fixed houses. So whoever's listening to this, if you know how to read your own natal chart, like look at where the fixed houses are. And for me, they're my cadent houses. And, and I, and I, for the first time, I just sat with everything, like just sat, it's very fixed, right? Just sit with and digest and then take action. Whereas like, I'm so used to just taking action as an airy sun that I look back in my life and I'm like, I just like pummeled through everything and I haven't integrated anything. I don't even know what happened. And I think what I love about the fixed signs and the fixed sign placements is this like, this, like the holding quality and the reflective quality that um, is there as well. So yeah, I think it's a moment that could seem like you're stuck, but maybe it's not stuck. You just need to pause. Yes. And I think everything Laura just said in the context related to relationships, since we're talking about Venus. Yes. So, um, so yeah, that's a big moment to pay attention to because it's going to really clue you into the kind of the next couple of months and the story that's going to unfold. But then we get a little bit of levity. Right. On June 9th, Mercury and Taurus will form a sextile with Neptune in Pisces. Mm. And I love this for intuitive Mm. downloads, spiritual practices, rituals, spell work. Um, Neptune's a planet of spirituality, but also creativity uh, and compassion. I think if you've had any uh, misunderstandings or conflicts that have arisen under this tense fixed energy in the sky, this is a day to smooth it over. Um, our words are more understood. People are more receptive. Um, yeah, I do love a sextile. Sextiles are 60 degrees, which give the energy of Venus. And June is the last month before the nodes change. Uh, because the nodes change in July, 
to Aries North Node, and then that becomes a Mars-ruled North Node. So I really feel like this is our last month to truly integrate this Venus, Venusian energy. And um, and I, I do love a sextile. I know most astrologers like kind of pass over them. But sextiles also, to me, feel like relational because um, they are relating to the energy of Venus. So if you do want to, because Mercury is a, a social planet to get together with people and I don't know, do arts and crafts or Mm -hmm. gardening. I think that these are good. Sextiles are good to do that with people. Yeah. This is making me think of like a group meditation, a collective Mm -hmm. meditation together or something or a manifestation, you know, collaborative manifestation with other people. Um, And sextiles, they're aspects where we need to take action, right? Like, whereas like an opposition or a square, we're going to notice that shit. Something's going to show up in our life. But with sextiles, it can just, the day can just go on and cruise on by. But we being aware of them is how we tap into the energy and deciding to use that energy. Um, So yeah, it's a good one. Mm Mm-hmm. June 11th, Pluto retrograde re-enters Capricorn. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my thoughts exactly. No. Yes. For many reasons, Nar. Many reasons. Um, One, the the first that comes to my mind is that it's going to be immediately entering the anoretic degree, which Mm -hmm. for astro newbies out there is the 29th degree. Um, It's the final degree of the zodiac sign. And in astrology, that makes it more intense. Because if you think of the, the whole sign starting at zero, traveling, living its best life, soaking up the lessons of the zodiac sign, and then it hits the final degree, it's exhausted, it's tired, it's over it. It's frustrated. It's all of the above. And we're because Pluto is such uh so far away from Earth, it's an outer planet, it takes a long time to get moving. And it's stationing on top of that. Anytime a planet is stationing, it takes forever to get it to move. So it's basically just gonna linger at this tense um degree for quite some time. And it's going to teleport you back to February 11th through March 22nd, because that, that whole time span, it was also hovering at 29 degrees. So if you felt a little, um, I know in some of our past episodes, we were talking about Mm -hmm. the intensity that we were feeling as it was kind of just hanging out at that degree. Um, it was noticeable as probable. It was so noticeable and it was noticeable when it went into Aquarius because of all the new stuff that was happening in AI and chat GPT and mm-hmm. all the things that were happening. And now I think it was our May episode where we talked about how it feels like Pluto moving back into Capricorn, something is not finished. And it's all of us are just like, oh, yes. <laughs> something that we started doesn't feel finished. Yes. So whatever the Capricorn house, look to your birth chart. What house does Capricorn occupy? This is the final leg of that story. Um, or second to last final leg. Sorry, we have one more dance in 2024. But um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's like sleeping. It's 
Plutonic. It's also all of the Pluto buzzwords of taboo topics, um, obsession, fixation, jealousy, manipulation, power struggles, um, our shadow side and our fears, right? Mm -hmm. That should be fun. But it's going <laughs> to re-enter Aquarius January of 2024. So we have the rest of this year while it's in retrograde. Yeah. Yep. And just if anybody didn't know, when planets are retrograde, they are closer to Earth. That's why I find them to be more uh, like they have more of a gravitational pull on us as well, even though Pluto is super far away. Yeah. And because it's a retrograde this is going to be more of an introspective time regarding those Pluto buzzwords. So you may be reflecting on your relationship with control, surrender, power dynamics. You know, this isn't necessarily like, um, yeah, it's just a more introspective and reflective time and all of those Pluto topics. Mm -hmm. Then, okay. So, oh my gosh, OMG, June 11th is like the busiest day in the world. <laughs> We, we have a couple other things happening. Uh, Mercury and Taurus will form a trine with Pluto and Capricorn right away. That's adorable. I love it. Another, just to my stonies out there, that's another aspect I love to get stoned under. Um, so many downloads come through. Really? Oh, Mercury anytime it's like, Pluto? A, mm -hmm. Pluto is like delivers the insight. Mm. And what's hidden. That's interesting. Okay. I'm going to have to put that on my calendar. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, right. This is a, um, an opportunity to transform our habits, mm -hmm. to transform our mindset. Um, and then also things may be revealed. I think that's another day to watch mm -hmm. the news. Mm -hmm. I do like that. It's also, yeah, like you said, anoretic degree. So something has been brewing. Mm -hmm. But then Mercury enters Gemini. Yay! Yeah, on the same day. Yes. So that's that's a major sign. Mm -hmm. So what I think is so interesting about this Mercury in Gemini for the first time since like 1993 is that it is going to be immediately approaching a square to Saturn. So Saturn is kind of a Debbie Downer of a planet. Um, and our Mercury is like our mental energy and our mindset. So in the beginning, the first couple of days, um, I think really until June 15th. So from June 11th through June 15th, when it really hits Saturn directly, uh, it can just be a little bit more of a melancholic time, perhaps. Um, you're not going to have that initial boost uh that you, you would perceive in when mercury is in gemini um this is mercury's home sign it loves to be in gemini so that's great we get a little boost there we're finally out of taurus i feel like mercury's been in taurus all year all time <laughs> it really felt like that yeah because the fixed energy oh yeah now what do you think what are what's some good um buzzwords for mercury and gemini just really fast mm. and have like, if I didn't, I'm just thinking about my Gemini friends who have Mercury and Gemini and they're just like, when I watch them in a party, they're just like literally like a little butterfly. Like they're just moving and talking and talking a lot and really fast. 
And so I think about this energy of Mercury and Gemini where, I don't know, it just feels like fast energy, but then it's like, and then it stops with this square to Saturn and Pisces, which is a very like, like melancholy feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a friend with Mercury and Gemini and that just brought me back. She took me to some party once and was like doing laps around me. She had yes. talked to like every single person yes. at the party. And like my introvert ass was like literally <laughs> against the wall. And I'm like, you've talked to everyone three times and yes. I've talked to one person. Um, but yeah, it's a very social, generally it's a very social time, a versatile time, short attention span, mm-hmm. curious, great time to read the books that you've been you know, neglecting on your nightstand, um, you know, your mind, follow your curiosities is what I always say when yes. Mercury's in Gemini. And then on the same day, Venus and Leo will square Jupiter and Taurus. And I think this is beautiful. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm thrilled. At it's least at five degrees. Yes. Which was the retrograde degree. Yes. Yes. That's the, where Mercury station direct, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good call out. And, and Jupiter will also trace those same degree points, 15 right. to five. Right. So this is, I think this is a big one. You know, anytime Venus and Jupiter meet up in any way in the sky, it's fortunate um, because this is coming through in the square aspect There's something about this that is either being initiated or we're taking action on something um, or we're overindulging, like we talked about a little bit earlier. And for people who have fixed sign placements between zero and 10 degrees, you're going to feel this again, you know, the most intensely. Um, But I'm excited for it. I think it's a nice little... I think it's interesting that this transit is taking place the same day that Pluto moves back into Capricorn. So I think this will definitely be a day of duality. Um, You know, generally good news arrives when Venus and Jupiter align. Maybe you're more social. This is great, like flirting, dating energy, sex energy, um, creative energy. Do a spell. Mm-hmm. Definitely a great day to do a spell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That looks like a very, like just a busy day. Like a busy a lot's, day. A lot's going to be done that day. <laughs> and Venus and Jupiter, because Venus will go retrograde um, eventually, it's going to come back and form another square with Jupiter. Mm-hmm. So whatever kind of, starts to unfold this day, mm-hmm. it will be picked up again. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm kind of excited to see what this is about. Mm-hmm. I, I actually am going to be in California during this time. Um, okay. My co- Well, we're going to be together uh, part of it, but I just looked at my calendar and I'm like, oh, this is the weekend of my cousin's wedding. So it's pretty on par with the traveling and the busyness. Yes, 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 yes. And your ninth house is getting activated, right? That's so travel. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Uh, June 11th, don't overdo it. That's what I, that's how I'd sum that up. (laughs) A lot of energy. 
<laughs> my chaotic ass is like, the more the merrier. <laughs> like, You're going to be zipping around the I state. Know. Oh my gosh. So fun. Uh, so we spoke about Mercury square Saturn. Shall we go to Saturn goes retrograde in Pisces, June 17th? Yeah. yeah. So actually, think back to 1994 to 1996. This is the last time Saturn was in Pisces and went retrograde there. I have been listening to music from this time, and it's literally throwing me back. It's crazy. <laughs> and you also want to look back to uh, March 7th because the station degree is 7 degrees. So um, that can also give you other hints. How do you feel about this retrograde? Um, personally or collectively, personally, I'm a little concerned about it. Um, just knowing my birth chart and my sister's birth chart, but I think collectively Saturn retrograde is a time where we are reviewing, reflecting, reassessing our commitments, our dedications, Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. And that's always great, right? Like that's important to do, to streamline processes and make sure everybody feels aligned and fulfilled. Um, But yeah, it's a a period of reflection. Um, March 7th was the day that Saturn entered Pisces and usually the ingress day and the station day are going to be like when you feel uh, the, the transits the loudest. So if you can think back to March 7th, that was the full moon in Virgo, which was personally for me, hellacious, but, and it was an intense one. It was square Mars. Mm-hmm. So if you can think about what was going on when Saturn ingressed into Pisces, some of those storylines may be picked up again on the day that it um, shifts directions. Oh, <laughs> March was uh March was a lot because there was so much happening in March. And this was like the beginning of it all, right? Because like at the end, we had the grand finale of um, Mars and Cancer and Pluto and Aquarius. But this was like when the rumblings really began. I feel personally victimized from Mars and Gemini. So I'm still recovering from that. Yes. Yes, I know. You're you're just like a mutable queen. And now we have Saturn and Pisces too. So Yeah. I just yeah, that was a lot. And I didn't even realize it until I was thinking about I was reflecting back because I was telling Stephanie last year was my Mars perfection year and this year is Venus and it's so much nicer <laughs> already. Uh-huh. Yeah. <gasps> Oh, yeah. So that should be fun. And I say fun very like sarcastically, obviously. (laughs) It'll it'll definitely be something will be echoing throughout that day, whether, you know, depending on if you have a lot of mutable placements, it'll be louder, but you'll be able to notice something um, as related to the house that Pisces occupies in your birth chart. Yes. And same day, new moon in Gemini. Hello. Yeah, wow. that's a huge mutable day. Yes. Um, I actually love this new moon. I think it's mm. adorable. Do tell, do tell, spill the tea. So it's at 26 degrees of Gemini, just so you know, my Virgo moon wants everyone to be prepared. Anyone with 20 degrees <laughs> to 29 degrees of the mutable placements, you're gonna feel this fresh start yeah. the most intensely. Um, 
But what I love the most about it is that the ruler of this moon is Mercury in Gemini. So one, it's already in its rulership. It, Mercury thrives in Gemini where it has more resources um, to just, you know, bring the good vibes. But on top of it, that same day, Mercury and Gemini will be forming a sextile to Venus and Leo. So that's a benefic in astrology. So it's lending that um, that fortune, the blessing to the ruler of this new moon. So that just feels very fortunate to me. Um, it will be forming a square to Neptune. So, you know, I mean, pay attention to the possibilities of um, missing red flags, um, <laughs> paranoia, miscommunication, right? Those, those can also be in the background or the negative ways that it may, the energy may transpire that day. But square to Neptune is also more like taking creative action, um, engaging in a spiritual practice actively, committing to a new spiritual practice. Um, so yeah, I think it's a beautiful moon. It's also, I don't really use the um, asteroids that much because I want to study them more, but I noticed that this new moon is exactly conjunct Juno Um, and Juno just from my basic bitch understanding is an asteroid related to commitment and dedication. Mm -hmm. So it really does have that energy, this moon in particular has the energy. All new moons have the energy of starting something new, but I feel like this might have lasting power, whatever you decide to initiate around this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Juno is Zeus's wife, Jupiter's wife. So in, um, in, wait, this is Roman. So Greek mythology, Juno was Hera. And, um, the reason why people get married in June is because of Juno. Because, oh, right, right. Yeah, because June was when people had their commitment ceremonies. So with you saying that, that this new moon is conjunct Juno, this could be a new moon where you set intentions for a commitment of some kind. It doesn't have to be romantical. Mm-hmm. It could just be you want to commit more to yourself or your spiritual practice or your relationships, or your communication skills, whatever it is. I'm just looking at the planets involved here, but it it really seems like a new, like a seeding for commitments. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about that one. Yeah. That sounds very nice. Very romantical. Anybody getting married should get married on this day. That would be a cute one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, you know, the moon is they they say for marriage elections you want to get married like right after a new moon or before a full moon so when the moon is gaining light so that your relationship can continue to grow like the moon mm-hmm. um and then the next day we have more of that like neptune vibe the sun will square neptune um this is usually like low energy kind of day a desire to escape that's usually how it shows up for me at least Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have my sun square Neptune, and it's hard to access your like life force energy, and it's hard to access like the fire because what I also noticed is Neptune is in its home sign of Pisces, as they say. 
So I would definitely tune into your higher self or do some kind of meditation or mm-hmm. not really do anything that requires your logical mind. Yes, yes. And not to be- You won't think straight. Yes. Yes. I, I, when sometimes it can be harder to listen to your intuition or to know, like, is it my intuition or is it, you know, is it not, you know? So, um, it's a good day to pay attention to what comes up for you to take notes, to journal, but not to make decisive life-changing action if you can avoid it. Um, not to be an alarmist, but I would say leading up to the sun square Neptune, just being cautious of your health, you know, mask up if you feel comfortable. But sometimes I find that I get colds or I get sick around Sun Square Neptune. Mm-hmm. So that can be a thing. Jupiter and Taurus, sextile Saturn and Pisces. This seems very nice. I like this. So, so this is happening the next day and this is actually a big deal. Um, I don't know the last time that Jupiter and Taurus met up with Saturn and Pisces, but it was not in my lifetime. I'm pretty sure those two planets, <laughs> you know, yeah. think about it. So the, the Taurus section of our chart and the Pisces section of our chart are being connected in this way by the outer planets that move slowly. So this is actually kind of a bigger deal. I would say, I mean, Jupiter and Saturn do meet up, um, but it's not really a regular kind of aspect. It's a little bit more rare, I would say. Mm-hmm. They met up in 2020 in Pluto. I mean, in Capricorn. Yes. During the panorama. But this is a nicer aspect, I would say, because they're in like cuter signs. <laughs> they're in cuter signs and it's a sextile. Um, so Jupiter... If Jupiter is all about over the top, going for it, shooting your shot, and Saturn is like, no, let's be serious, let's be humble, let's be modest. It's like a merging of those energies in the best of both worlds, as Hannah Montana would say. Yeah, and Saturn is in Jupiter's sign. So Mm -hmm. I think there's something to be said of Saturn speaking to Jupiter and then Jupiter being in a Venusian sign. It's, I don't know, it's really nice. It's cute. It's cute. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're building something that day, you know? Mm -hmm. And then on the 21st, we have the summer solstice. The sun enters the crab cancer season. Yay. (laughs) Um, What do you think? I'm actually going to pull up the chart really quick because I just want to know what is the summer solstice chart? Yeah, I love love celebrating the solstices because I always get a download. I always watch the sunrise and sunset on these days. And I find the solstices and equinoxes to be so pivotal because mm-hmm. now the light is overcoming the dark and the, it's the longest day of the year. Mm-hmm. And so many ancient cultures built temples and did rituals mm-hmm. around the solstice. So regardless of what's happening. I always like do some spiritual thing that day, wherever I am in the world, because it is, you're like calling in some light within you. Mm -hmm. I know I just said some very esoteric things, but. No, so sad rising wherever (laughs) I am in the world. I was like, yes, (laughs) I love it. 
Um, no, absolutely true. This is like an ancient, you know, ancient, um, special sacred practice all over the world for, you know, hundreds and thousands of years. I think this summer solstice is super cute because the moon is in Leo and it will be applying to Venus in Leo. So that's actually good vibes. I think last year, the summer solstice had like the moon in Scorpio doing something obnoxious. So it wasn't as cute, (laughs) but this is a great day to manifest. I I think. Yeah. To do spell work. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, And yeah, it's, it's the, the summer solstice is when night and day are equal, are equal. So after the summer solstice, we begin the process of decay, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, the days and summer will still be long. We are still moving towards the decay Mm -hmm. of light. So it's a shift. It's a turning point. It's a portal. The veil will be thin. It's such a portal. Yes. Um, same day, Mercury and Gemini will form a sextile with Mars and Leo. Uh, that's taking action on our ideas. That's progress, produ- productive energy. Um, things are moving along. We're feeling courageous about it. We're taking action from a heart-centered space. Um, creative ideas are coming through. That just that kind of makes the day even cuter, I'd say. Yes. And then June 25th, Mercury and Gemini square Neptune in Pisces. Ew. <laughs> you don't Not- like the squares to Neptune. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I I always find that Neptune squares, I want to overindulge. Like those are the times where I'm like, oh, I really wish I could get stoned right now or have a hot toddy. But for whatever reason... There's like something in my life that's like, you know, responsibility calls Mm -hmm. and I have to practice my sixth house Saturn dedication. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, I'm always tempted during the squares. That's what I notice. When, what is your, is your Neptune in Capricorn? Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. That's such a like oxymoron. It's conjunct Saturn. Am I sick? Oh wow! So I have I have Neptune and Sag, which is obviously like a different kind of flavor. Adorable, so cute. Yeah. So I find it so interesting that so many people have this aversion to Neptune as like a general like malefic planet, mm-hmm. and it totally can be if you're not used to this type of energy. Uh, I have my sun square Neptune and it's in my first Neptune is in my first house. So I think I'm just used to it. I'm used to like the nebulousness and like the fogginess Mm -hmm. (laughs) and not being able to see, but it's also such a practice of surrender because Mm. working with Neptune, you're not meant to know and you're not meant to see where you're going. It's to fully trust in your like extraterrestrial senses of just intuition and your psychic abilities, but you're not meant to know basically. Mm. Okay. That's straight from the expert. You heard it here first. That's a beautiful (laughs) way to sum up the energy. Well, because Mercury and Gemini is like super logical. It's intellectual. (laughs) It's like, I have the facts. I know what to expect. And Neptune in Pisces is like, what? I'm in an ocean. I'm like, I don't see anything. And it's like, 
it can be triggering for people who need to see. And to a certain degree, I think that's why we astrologers love astrology because it helps us see and it helps us know what to expect. But Neptune is just like, no, you're not gonna, you're not gonna see anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a great day to do any type of mystical work or you know flex your intuitive and psychic skills um to go inward for sure um and mis- miscommunication can come up some understandings just with mercury being in gemini they're both in their domicile so mm-hmm. they're both pretty strong strong yeah uh all right june 26th oh no I just read what it is. Mars and Leo square Uranus and Taurus. Fun. Yikes. That's yikes. You have Mars and Leo. So do you want to take this? Well, I think, um, okay. Let's unpack Mars square Uranus first. That is, um, unpredictable energies the what i am seeing in my mind is an earthquake right yes. like um natural disasters right like fires there was Volcanoes. a lot of fires in mm-hmm, there were a lot of fires in northern california i think the last time that mars and leo formed a square with uranus and taurus um it's unpredictable volatile um possibly dangerous kind of energy Um, but it, in the positive, it can also manifest as this, like, like a windfall, a wild card, a sudden burst of energy, a sudden burst of courageous action, um, on your own hero's journey in some way. Um, Mars and Leo is, you know, a, this is going to be more personal. I I would say maybe like our egos get wounded in some way or some, some shock, maybe not wounded, wound is the wrong word, but maybe there's some shock to our ego in some way. And that could be positive. Like maybe someone out of the blue reaches out and gives us a really big compliment, or we receive um, an opportunity, an exciting opportunity, or maybe there is a little bit of a, you know, ego battle that comes up with someone and we're like, didn't see it coming, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's happening at 21 degrees. So anyone I'd say from 15 degrees to 26 degrees of the fixed signs, you're going to feel that intensity the most. You want to pay attention to the houses in your birth chart that Leo and Taurus rule, because those two houses are at cross purposes and they're clashing in some way. So that can either birth something, right? It's creating something new or it can cause tension between those two areas. Mm -hmm. I also think of like tectonic plates, like, because Taurus is so fixed, so is Leo, Mm -hmm. but like Taurus is earth. And it's like Mars and Leo is, is, and Uranus is like trying to move something. Mm -hmm. It's like so fixed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last time these two clashed, I want to say was the summer of 2021. I think it was July of 2021. So yes. And I go back there and see uh-huh. what was going on in your life. Yes. Um, but this is not an ever an ordinary day. This is, I would say one of the bigger kind of transits of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And again, Uranus is unpredictable. So not a day to be married to your schedule. Um, you may feel like fixed, like you have a fixed focus on something or like, I really need to achieve this, but for whatever reason, your attention may be pulled in an unexpected direction. I would not get any kind of plastic surgery or like uh, Botox or anything, anything with needles or cutting on that on this day. Yes, a good call out because Mars is the signifier of the scalpel and needles. Um, not a great day to get a tattoo. Nope. Mm-mm. Not so. Mm-hmm. Not so good. Uh, yeah, that's an important call out. But then on the same day, Mercury enters Cancer. Mm -hmm. So you have your Mercury in a water sign. Why don't you share what is some of the magic of having Mercury in a water sign? Mercury in water signs is nonverbal ways of communicating and Mm -hmm. also seeing things in not your logical mind. And for me as having a Mercury in Pisces, also my Mercury is um, fallen and it's, it's, it's detriment. So I just like intuit information differently than like a Mercury in Gemini. Mm-hmm. So I see Mercury enters cancer as like nonverbal ways of communicating, body language, emoting through uh, your emotions, um, and not necessarily speaking. Mm-hmm. It was, I don't like this word because my sister is nonverbal, but in ancient astrology, they called it a mute sign. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think our perception heightens Mm -hmm. when Mercury travels through a water sign. So um, our intuition increases, we're better able to read body language and understand it. But we also can run into, especially while Mercury is in Cancer, we can run into some assuming, right? Like assuming we understand or assuming that someone can read our mind. Um, So there, and then Cancer can be a passive aggressive sign. So when it comes to communication, you might, we might find ourselves getting into that kind of like habit from, from time to time. Mm-hmm. I find it so interesting that people think cancers are just emotional. I find cancers to be the most like the people who are so grumpy, <laughs> like so like aggressive, like aggressive, what you were just saying, um, like passive aggressive. I find cancers to be the most passive aggressive sign. Yeah. I, my husband is a cancer rising and <laughs> so is my mom. Oh my gosh. I, I tell him all the time. I'm like, you're going to be grumpy today. Or I'll give him like, I'll look at his chart. I see a transit. I'm like, oh, you're going to be grumpy from this day to this day. And he's yeah. like, don't tell me I'm grumpy. <laughs> like, he gets so grumpy when I use the word grumpy. So grumpy. now to the point where like, I'm not allowed to use the word grumpy. I'm like, oh, um, you know, I have to come up with alternative workarounds, but yeah, passive aggressive. And like, he's very self-aware. So like, he'll catch himself in the moment. He'll be like, oh, that was passive aggressive, wasn't it? It was so <laughs> cancerizing. I'm like, yeah, it was. Um, but they are, they totally are. Totally um, are. And he's very, and I think that's true what you said and very 
just from, you know, living with one of these humans for the past, you know, five years or so, he's not, he's very sensitive inside, but he's not emotional. Like he does not emote every day. You know, it's, um, it's more of like these big bursts that Mm -hmm. I think Yes. Versus like the everyday, what you read on the internet or what you would expect is like cancers cry every day. Like, no, no. I always say cancer is like the Aries of the water signs. They are. They're protective. They're they're so aggressive. I have to say, I mean, I just think of Anthony Bourdain. He was a cancer son and how like grumpy and, (sighs) and like abrasive he was. And yeah, I think it's a total miss archetype that mm-hmm. they're just like crybabies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So prepare to use your intuition, prepare for some intuitive downloads. Um, and remember, not everyone is a mind reader. Yes. I yeah. love that tip because sometimes I get caught in that trap because I'm like, can't you intuit what I'm thinking? <laughs> Well, when you are so intuitive, it's, it's, you just sometimes assume like, oh, everybody can do this or everybody has this, you know? Um, I think one other thing I want to say about mercury and cancer is that while mercury travels through cancer over the next three weeks, it is going to be answering to and ruled by the moon. Mm -hmm. So if you read your daily horoscope, pay attention to what the moon is doing that day, because it's going to change the flavor of communication basically every day. We're going to be communicating differently every single day as Mercury moves through cancer. It's not like one general flavor. Um, So that's kind of how you can tell, like, is this a good day to send an email or am I going to get a response I don't really like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So June 28th, sun in cancer, trine Saturn in Pisces. That's, I think that's great. That feels like a productive day, moving along, um, recognizing our own self-mastery. Uh, I'd say that's that's pretty positive. What do you think? I think so too, because cancer is still a cardinal sign. So cancer really like initiates things. And then with Saturn and Pisces, it's Saturn creates structure to something. And mm-hmm. this is a flowing aspect. So whatever you're creating, whatever you're starting will have some you know, like stability there. Oh, I like that. Putting some container around mm-hmm. creative projects or yes. your emotions. If you have, because this is a murky month, you know, with a lot of Neptune energy, with some of these retrogrades taking place, um, this may be a day where you're able to like verbalize what you've mm-hmm. been feeling or recognize yes. it fully, you know? Yes, Mm-hmm. And that is so important for people who have water signatures. Do you have any? You do, right? I have Jupiter and Cancer and Pluto right. and Scorpio. Right. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes I feel all these like waves of emotion and I could feel the texture of them, but I can't s- articulate them at all mm-hmm. because I can't put words to what I'm feeling. But this day, like, and then the next day, June 29th, Mercury and Cancer trine Saturn and Pisces. I feel like you can actually maybe start to articulate these feelings and it That's just feels the like day a, to verbalize. Yeah, your- like soupy mm-hmm. soupiness and putting structure to it to it. 
See, yeah. I, can't, I can't even articulate what I'm trying to say now. Understanding your inner world. Yes. I feel like those are two days to really understand um, even your relationship with the past, mm-hmm. severing and letting go, surrender. But yeah, understanding your emotions. I think that back-to-back lineup is really cute for that. Mm-hmm. Then can, we're... Can, oh, sorry. Well, no, I was just going to say, because cancer also relates to like your family and your past. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think of water signs as holding memories mm-hmm. because water holds memories and cancer is ruled by the moon. So you could be going through what you just said about mercury and cancer. You can also think about that with the month because it's ruled by the moon. So it's so much fluctuation mm-hmm. that it's like, I don't know how cancers do with that, actually. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yes. Yes. But but hopefully clarity. It, it makes me think of some sort of clarity coming through. Mm-hmm. Right before the fog arrives on June 30th. Yes. Um, well, actually, no, 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 no. I spoke too soon. June 30th, I don't actually really know how to interpret. This is a wild lineup. So we have Neptune going retrograde in Pisces, which was my fog reference. But then on the same day, the sun in Cancer forms a conjunction with Mercury in Cancer, which is known as a Kazemi. And that's a moment of clarity. Mm-hmm. So that's yes. strange. I love this. Okay. Dish. I, I love, first of all, I love Kazemis. Yes. I don't yes. know if anybody I do. Else, you do work, do you work with Kazemis? I, yes. I love okay. Kazemis. Listen, I set an alarm on my phone and I go into, depending on what kind of Kazemi it is, like what kind of element and what mm-hmm. sign, I will go into a meditative state during that Kazemi and I will get the best downloads. Mm-hmm. So cancer obviously is ruled by the moon, but cancer also rules our gut. So we'll get like a gut feeling about something. And again, what I said about Neptune, it's something that is going to be downloaded through some other dimension and realm. So if I were you on June 30th, I would do some kind of like meditation, listen to some ocean sounds, listen to some dolphins or whatever during this Kazemi and just, again, like just be open and see what comes through because it always happens for me. Every Mm -hmm. Kazemi, I'm like, oh my God. Yes. Yes. Kazemis and water signs. I always take a bath. Mm, I do. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a great way to work with the energy or like you mentioned earlier in this episode, if you're able to touch the ocean. Mm -hmm. Spend some time near the ocean, um, whale sounds, dolphin sounds. Yeah, getting in tune with that element. But it's interesting because a moment of clarity will arrive, especially in the the cancer part of your chart. Um, Breakthroughs, new ideas, um, a new path forward emerges. And at the same time, Neptune is stationing retrograde. And Neptune is the planet of the fog. And um, but also our spirituality and our intuition. So yeah, it's a very intuitive day. It's a very watery day. I would say a sensitive day too. Um, that just makes me feel like, you know, our sensitivities may be activated. Um, yeah. 
Like I'm definitely going to cry that day. The death, the tears are coming. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a waterworks kind of day. Yeah. It, it could also be a really good day to heal your relationship with like your mother or like a mother wound or a father wound. Cause you know, they both hold that archetype, but some kind of healing. Cause cancer to me is like the womb where you mm-hmm. were like living nine months inside of your mother or even just like the feminine archetype or the mother archetype within all of us. Mm-hmm. It just, and Neptune to me is like unconditional love. It feels very expansive and very spiritual, like you said. So you could use that day also to heal. Mm-hmm. And I think with Neptune shifting directions, it's also an opportunity for us to reflect on our dreams. Mm-hmm. What are we working towards? What fantasies, you know, what are our grandest fantasies that we want to call in? Mm -hmm. And we might have a realization or a shift about those dreams with in conjunction with the Kinsimi. Thank you for bringing that up because one thing I do love about my Neptune square to my son is I have the wildest delusions and I just decided to feed them. Yes. Because it's always the delusional ones that make their dreams come true. It's absolutely true. Feed I believe your, in that wholeheartedly. Feel, feed your Delulu lemons. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's so true. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good piece of advice. That's why I'm always like, Stephanie, it's happening. I know it's happening in some like timeline, but it's happening. And yep. I literally feed my delusions because that's how we get our dreams that's how our dreams come true. I believe if a thought, a vision, or a dream mm-hmm. has been planted on your heart and it's sped across your mind and you've been able to see it in your mind's eye, yes. there is a reason for it. And I don't think anything is too outlandish. I believe that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that's June. Oh, that's MG. June. Yeah. Leave us a comment. Let us know your rising sign. We'll like, maybe I'll let you know, like, what's a big day to look out for for you. Let us know how these energies manifested. We want to hear from you. Yes, we do. But thank you so much, Steph. This was so fun. I'm looking forward to June. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. And we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye.